Chapter 4. What you can't outrun. Notes. Content notes. None? Please let me know if I'm missing something. ETA. Mention of menstruation. Shitty wonders if now that they've put Seattle out there like that, they're going to go for it, push hard and drive into the night to get there. But in fact, the opposite happens. Everyone seems to slow down a little. Jack wants to stop and take pictures, Lerda lets them linger over lunch, but he becomes obsessed with stopping at roadside stands looking for huckleberries, which, he explains several times, are just coming into season. They come across a little state campground when it's barely mid-afternoon, but nobody mentions how many hours of daylight they still have. They pick a site and set up the tents. There's a brief but vigorous argument over how to angle them with the slope of the campsite. Jack announces that he's going for a run. Biddy sets up his camp stove baking apparatus and starts turning roadside stand strawberries into a pie. They kind of have a lot of strawberries now, because of course Biddy couldn't resist buying something every time they stopped. Shitty takes a handful of strawberries and wanders off to take a little walk of his own. He tries not to lie to himself. His heart had leapt at the hint of an implication that Larda might have something to tell him in Seattle. Which is fucking stupid, because the most reasonable interpretation is that Larda just wanted to get them on the road again. Even if she had been saying she had something important to share, it would be gross for Shitty to assume any part of Lardo's story is about him. Maybe she's decided she is Mr. Duan, or she's decided to accept representational art into her heart, or she's finally going to confess to stealing his Trample the Patriarchy shirt. Maybe she's bailing in Seattle. Maybe everyone is bailing in Seattle. Fuck. Shitty can't drive the whole way home solo. Maybe he doesn't want a car in Cambridge anyways and should just sell the Volvo out here. He could ship Biddy his cooking stuff. What difference does it even make? An extra few days back across the country, it's still the end. Shitty's life will be eaten by law school, Jack will get assimilated into the NHL board, Lardo and Biddy get to crawl back into the cocoon for a little while longer. Fuck. Shitty wants to scream. Or like, kick a bush. Why is the sky so stupidly blue? Why are the strawberries so sweet? The sun is falling through the pine trees and making splotches and stripes on the ground. There's knee-high green grass beside the path. Everything is over and everyone is leaving, but this random little nothing campground is still unbearably beautiful and he feels fucking lighter just walking around it. Like everything other than being here is ridiculous. Jack, running around it somewhere, is getting to see this. Lardo and Biddy are back at the campsite waiting for them. Suddenly, Shitty knows what he wants to do, if this is their last night. He runs back to the campsite and jumps in his car. Be right back, he yells out the window. He remembers a firewood stand just a mile or two back. All that careful building doesn't matter if you can't reach the tinder, Biddy says. He's dismantled Shitty's elaborate layered teepee and built something much simpler. A couple of big sticks over a nest of smaller sticks and pine needles. There's something appealing about the easy way he flicks Shitty's lighter and reaches in with the flame. It catches, unlike Shitty's last five attempts. Lardo claps until Shitty glares at her. Biddy tosses the lighter back to Shitty. So, Lardo says, marshmallows? It was alarming, she had said earlier when Shitty came back. It had failed to occur to him that watching one's only means of transport, driving away without explanation, might be a little stressful. Sometimes, I don't know about you. Hey, Shitty had said, stung. You should know about me by now. He's always tried to be pretty easy to know, he's thought. Also, like he would ever leave them. Not yet, Biddy says now to Lardo. They'll roast better over the coals once the flames die down a little. Are you saying I have to delay my gratification? Shitty whines to Biddy. What fun is that? Better than no gratification at all, Biddy says. Shitty is still on the lookout for whether Biddy is sad. Biddy sounded pretty sad just then. In that case, Shitty says, Ghost stories! He starts in on what he claims is a completely true story about going down the cape with his parents as a kid and finding their friend's cottage abandoned. There's actually a little grain of truth in it, the part where he'd woken up and his dad was gone. 
but the way he's telling it now has a lot more mysterious stains and unsettling noises. Shitty loves performing like this, holding the whole structure of what he wants to say in his head, but letting the actual words come out spontaneously. Sometimes he has fantasies that being in court could be like this, although, realistically, he's going to spend his law career writing very meticulous documents. Biddy and Lardo jump gratifyingly at the jumping bits, and even Jack looks a little spooked at the end until Lardo starts laughing. Okay, Biddy says, yeah, that sounds pretty scary, but it doesn't hold a candle to my most terrifying experience. Biddy, should he has to admit, is really good. He has to admit that, because by the time Biddy gets to the end, the locked trunk holding not the other shoe, as Shitty half expected, but fuck, the mirror, which is not okay. Shitty is clutching Jack's arm, and Jack is maybe kind of sort of gripping him right back. It has occurred to Shitty before that he and Biddy have a certain something in common, a deliberateness to how they present themselves, and a willingness to calculate how it's received. In some of the wilder of Shitty's hotshot lawyer fantasies, he convinces Biddy to follow him to law school, and they go into practice together as an unstoppable pair. Biddy all sweetness and sympathy, and Shitty fast-talking and hitting where it hurts. It's a stupid daydream. Biddy, now toasting a marshmallow with a look of intense focus, is pretty obviously never going to be happy in a career where he isn't serving food to someone. And Shitty is grudgingly trying to make himself accept that he's never going to be on any kind of a team with these people again. If there is only ever this one last evening where he and Biddy are working together to give good campfire to their bros, that's still pretty good, Shitty tells himself. Biddy hands him a perfect golden marshmallow the third time one of Shitty's drops blazing into the fire. He gloats at Jack, who has begged off of marshmallows but is watching Shitty with obvious envy. Oh fuck, it's in my muff bath. Lardo steals the stick and hands it back to Biddy for reloading. Jack sighs and says he might as well have one. They all look orange and soft and flawless in the firelight. For a moment, Shitty has no idea what woke him up. It's pitch black in the tent and Jack has just made a small, startled noise. Then Shitty hears Lardo's voice, carrying over the space between the tents. Biddy, she's saying, Biddy, come on, do you hear that? Through three years of missing equipment and broken sticks on the road, Shitty has never heard Lardo sound alarmed like that. He sits up partway in his sleeping bag, listening. Nothing. And then, a sort of grunting, snuffling noise. The clatter and grind of a rock against another rock. Shitty very carefully scoots to the door of the tent and peeks out. There's a bear rooting in the fire pit. I see it, Shitty hears Biddy whisper. Maybe it'll go away. Shitty's seen the black bears at the Stone Zoo, seen them with Lardo even. He's always liked the Stone Zoo better than Franklin Park, even though it's so much further away. Likes the wolves and the one-armed gibbon and the miserable yak. The bears always seemed sort of goofy through the glass wall. Seen from a tent, this bear is monstrous. Campfire ghost stories are hopelessly inadequate preparation for the real horror of this bear. All the food is in the bear box, Biddy whispers. I'm sure it'll just give up soon. Jack elbows Shitty aside at the door of the tent, looks out, curses. No, Lardo hisses. Damn it, I'm menstruating. And the thing is, Shitty knows that's a myth. His paper about Sarah Palin appropriating Roosevelt had kind of detoured into women in the National Park Service, and the bear attack myth was too good to leave out. But it's one thing to know that sitting in Founders and it's another thing entirely in the middle of the night while a bear the size of a small car is sniffing around a few yards from the period having bro one loves. Shitty is pretty much going to have to do something stupid. We shouldn't panic, Biddy says, voice high, clearly about to panic. You got my back, Shitty whispers to Jack, and even with everything, he has time for a moment of pure happiness when Jack says, of course. Shitty feels around in the tent for his car keys. 
Okay! Shitty yells, bursting out of the tent like a stripper out of a cake. Every run for the car! Everybody run for the car, because I'm a motherfucking distraction! He clicks his keys in the direction of the Volvo. At first, he thinks the bear isn't even going to acknowledge him, is going to ignore him completely. Then, slowly, the head lifts and swings around. It's not like in a movie. The bear's eyes don't catch the light and glow. They're featureless pits in its shadowed face. He can still tell it's looking right at him. Shitty has faced Demon with six inches on him, the LSATs, and Jack Zimmerman crying on the bathroom floor. He's never been so purely scared like this. On the other hand, all that other shit has given him some practice at carrying on an adversity. Hassan forward quickly there! Shitty yells in Biddy's and Lardo's directions. Hey, bear! You talking to me? Are you talking to me? You wanna fucking deconstruct the capitalist underpinnings of early conservationism? Jack, behind him, makes a sort of snorting noise. Shitty can feel him warm behind his shoulder. And fuck, who needs to be scared of the damn bear? This is fucking epic. Zipper noise. Shitty tears his eyes away from the bears for a quick look. Biddy, finally, squirms out of the other tent and reaches a hand down to Lardo. The bear, also, starts to turn its head. Hey, I bet you want a picnic basket! Shitty shouts immediately. Lardo is up and running, hand in hand with the car with Biddy behind the bear. The bear starts to swing its head the other way, towards the car. Yeah! Shitty starts and coughs. Why the fuck did he not bring his air horn on this trip? Hey! Jack yells behind him. Eyes on us, bear! The bear looks back at them. Do we have a plan? Jack asks in Shitty's ear, like the bear might overhear them. Lardo and Biddy are yanking at the car doors, but fuck, they're not opening. Shitty aims the clicker, tries again. Fuck! Fuck! He hears Lardo saying. The bear looks back towards the car. Okay, Shitty says. We run. You break right? He's pretty much back to being terrified again. Biddy has given up on the car and is inching towards the picnic table. Fuck, Jack says. Go! So Shitty goes, just throws himself from standing still and sprinting as hard as he can. It's dark, and he's barefoot, and it feels like the entire campsite is pointy gravel. He's pointing his keys at the car and clicking for all he's worth, legs pumping like crazy, and there, Lardo got the back door open. He can't turn and look for the fucking bear, but Lardo is waving at him to come on, and he scrambles in. Biddy! Lardo yells, and Shitty's sitting up. Biddy's over by the picnic table, holding a fry pan, and where the fuck is Jack? What's he doing way over there? Where the fuck is the bear? Biddy's running for the car now, still clutching the fry pan, and Jack is running with grim determination, and shit! Shitty hears the growl before he sees it. The bear is behind Jack, moving like a fucking cheetah or something, closing fast. It just watched, Lardo says in a sob. It just watched, and then it... Biddy gets the front door open and is in. Shitty's holding the back door for Jack, but there's no way. And then Biddy slams his hand down on the horn. A sudden huge blare of noise, and the bear stumbles, but Jack doesn't hesitate. Dives headfirst into the car, and Shitty's leaning past him to get the door, and Biddy hits the horn again viciously. Jack is gasping for breath. The bear slams itself into the side of the car. Shit. Shit. Lardo is moaning, and Biddy sounds the horn again. There's a horrible sort of metal noise underneath it, and the bear is standing up now, looking in at them, pawing at the window, the light of the dome light finally reflecting in its soulless eyes. Camera, Shitty says. Camera! And there's Jack's camera up on the dashboard, but Shitty's not even sure the fucking thing has a flash. Oh! Lardo says, and fishes a phone out of somewhere. Shitty's own phone, he realizes, and then he's aiming at the bear and stabbing the shutter button. The flash doesn't seem that bright in the lit car. Shitty is still squinting, but maybe combined with Biddy practically laying down on the horn, the bear had finally had enough. It grunts and drops down to all fours and trots off into the darkness. There's a moment of... not silence, but nobody's talking. Jack is still panting, and Lardo is breathing in little squeaks. Shitty is becoming aware that he is twisted weirdly, folded around Jack, that he himself is breathing hard. Ow, Jack says faintly. 
His head is muffled between Lardo's hip and the upholstery. Oh, Lardo says, surprised like she hadn't quite realized he was there, and there's a moment of flailing while Jack squirms himself upright while Lardo's breath gets stuttery. I'm sorry, Lardo gets out, and no, fuck that. Shitty feels entirely justified shoving Jack's legs off his lap and pulling Lardo onto it. Sweetheart, he murmurs into the curve of her skull, tucking her head under his chin, and she lets him, tense for a moment and then slumping into him. Shitty is still wired. Shitty has spent the last decade of his life conditioning his body to take pain and adrenaline and go harder, and his body has nowhere near gotten the message yet that this is no longer required. So part of him wants to howl or run some more, but he tries to take it all of that and put it into a very effable being still, a sort of engaged, active holding of Lardo. He closes his eyes, opens them again. Jack and Biddy are staring at each other across the back of the driver's seat, closes them again. He feels Jack's arms come around him and Lardo both. So, Lardo, I outran a bear, eh? She makes a little sniffling noise. It gave you a huge head start and still almost caught you. But it didn't, Jack says. And of course, he's still wired too. Shitty can feel the thrum in his arms and hear it in his voice. And Biddy must feel it too, and it seems so unfair suddenly that Lardo's left out of this. And yet, it's also right somehow, the way all their vibrating energy is slowly damping out in her stillness. So, we're spending the rest of the night in the car? Biddy asks. Spending the rest of the night in the car sounds obvious, but becomes awkward when it stops being a punchline and they actually have to do it. Shitty and Jack lean themselves against opposite sides of the back seat, legs interlacing in the middle. Lardo stays with Shitty for a while between his legs leaning back against him, until she said she's going to give him more room, and climbs into the front. Probably she's fleeing from his boner, which had made its inevitable appearance as the fight-or-flight fled. Sometimes Shitty hates being a dude. But he'd had Lardo's back against his bare chest, her whole warm body tucked against him, wearing one pair of boxer briefs, one pair of shorts, and a tank top between the two of them, and he could have put his hands on her anywhere, so yes, boner. Jack's ridiculous calves are a pretty good consolation prize. Shitty has skating muscles, but Jack is something else, always has been. The leg of Shitty's that snuggled between Jack's feels particularly safe, like it knows that it, at least, isn't going anywhere. Their leg hair is sort of pleasantly commingling. Jack's pretty furry. Lardo doesn't shave, but her legs are practically hairless anyways. God, Shitty needs to sleep. But it's impossible, crammed in like this. Some merge of the door pressing into his spine. He wishes he could ask Biddy or Jack to sing to him, except odds are that someone in the car, with their superior willpower or superior adaptability, is managing to sleep. Maybe they all three are, and Shitty realizes that's not so bad, if his people are sleepy and safe and he's awake and on guard watching over them. Shitty finally gets a little sleep, as the sky is just starting to look faintly gray and wakes up maybe an hour later to see Betty stretching extravagantly, and Lardo scrubbing at her eyes with her fists. Jack is blinking awake too, rolling his neck unhappily. Okay, I'm gonna open the door, Shitty says. He hadn't forgotten the bear exactly, but it's shocking in a new way to see the dent in the panel and the ripped cut that has to be a claw mark. If the bear hadn't given up, it probably could have peeled the Volvo open like a pull-top can. Everyone stays close together and quiet while they pack up the tents and retrieve the coolers. Fox would probably add camping to the ban list, Jack says once to himself. Jack asks for the first shift driving, and Shitty's pretty spacey. He figures he'll sit in back and maybe doze a little more. He takes the other side, though, Jack's side from the night, for variety. He doesn't think he's sleeping, but Jack and Lardo's conversation in the front seems to be happening in weird fits and starts. My first thought once I calmed down, Jack says, but I hadn't gotten a picture. And Lardo answers, recreate the feeling, that's why installation. Later. Betty driving. The swerving must wake Shitty up. Would you really have hit it with a fry pan? Lardo is asking. The head cop Jack, Betty answers. Shitty prices his eyelids open enough to look over at Jack, who sees him look. You sent me the long way, Jack says very quietly.
Yeah, Shitty mumbles. This seems important. You should keep his eyes open for this. You're faster. Best chance. Guess that's not very heroic. I mean, I love you, but... Shitty, Jack interrupts, still very quiet. You called the best play you saw and trusted me. That's... He reached across the space between them and squeezes Shitty's hand. Leaves his hands there as Shitty tumbles helplessly back into not-quite-sleep. Still later, and this time Shitty is definitely awake. He thinks he's just playing along with being asleep, but really he's awake and could open his eyes and speak up any minute. I don't understand you, Biddy is saying to Jack. Jack must be driving again. Shitty's head isn't bouncing off the window. Why is it hard for you? Is it that offensive to know I- What, Biddy? Jack says, and Shitty can definitely picture how he must be frowning, so he doesn't need to open his eyes to look. I thought it was obvious how I felt about you. You told me, and I quote, Nothing like that is ever going to happen, Biddy says. I thought you meant you wouldn't want it to. Biddy, Jack says again, sounding broken. Biddy, no, I can't, but fuck, of course I would want to. Really? Biddy says in a tiny voice. You, if I could have a second life, I would want it with you, Jack says. And Biddy lets out a little gasp. Sorry, I know that's too much. I'm no good at moderation. Biddy's still making little coughing sobs, like he might actually be crying. And Shitty thinks he should be a good bro and reach forward, squeeze his shoulder or something comforting. He's not sure why his hands are just heavy in his lap, and aren't playing along with a part of his brain that's sure he's awake. No, Biddy gets it together to say, Don't be sorry, God, Jack. And Shitty slides back into a confused dream where the Blackhawks have signed the bears a new forward, and Shitty and Lardo and Biddy are holding hands and watching anxiously from behind the glass as it sets up for a face-off against Jack. You couldn't come up with a better play, Biddy says in the dream. Shitty finally wakes up a little, looking down at the plate of meatloaf. Is this... what? He looks around. Everyone else seems to have burgers and fries, and they're laughing. He's obviously missed something, but that's okay. If laughing at him is something Jack and Lardo and Biddy can all do together so happily, Shitty will sign up to be the butt of every joke for forever. He can't resist looking back and forth between Jack and Biddy a few more times as they eat. He guesses he has the answer now to his questions at Cedar Point, about whether something was wrong between them, and about Biddy being sad. He's never really thought about it, Jack and Biddy. Tries not to pair people up in his head who aren't actively making statements to that effect. But it's so fucking perfect now that he sees it. The way Biddy can create a space, and the way Jack needs one where he can just be. The way Biddy gets all twisted up, and Jack is endlessly solid. It's so much better than Jack plus Lardo. Well, okay. Shitty loves slipping and turning all the angles. He is pretty much always interested in any way they might be 2 plus 2 or 3 plus 1. But Jack and Betty with the big house hosting Christmas, that's so good it should really be real. When Lardo excuses herself to the restroom, Shitty follows her, slips in behind her as she opens the door to the one-room toilet. Bro, she says disapproving, I need to empty my moon cup. Just quickly, Shitty says. Jack and Betty, mutually enamored but Jack is cock-blocking them? Lardo furrows her eyebrows at him. I thought you had decided not to know about that. Take Shitty aback. It doesn't seem right to say, you decided not to know something. Deciding implies knowing, but whatever, that's not really the point. You know I try to let everybody tell their own story, he says, a little uncomfortably, but Lardo waits. It's a stupid story, Shitty says. I'd rather be alone and sad by Jack Zimmerman? Remainder that. Amazon self-publishing doesn't even want that. Bro, Lardo says. She's shaking her head at him. Biddy's story would be better, Shitty says. Do you even know why? Lardo sighs. Get out of here, Shits, or you're going to see something you can't unsee. Shitty goes, although not because he's scared of Lardo's moon cup. Blood coming peacefully out of a normal place sounds pretty mundane as compared with, say, a guy taking a skate to the neck. 
Jack and Betty don't seem to have sorted out their shit in his absence. Jack is balancing his knife across his glass. Betty is poking at his phone. I got the check, is all Jack says. Shitty thinks about it some more in the car. It just seems like such a fucking waste. No Jack and Biddy, when that is something there could actually be. Shitty and Lardo, that's something Shitty only gets to have in his head. But Biddy and Jack? God. Shitty wants badly to see that. Not in a sexy way, although, whatever, but fuck. He just thinks they'd be so fucking happy. Biddy would beam and Jack would glow shyly and damn. Seattle is just a couple hundred miles away now. They came so close to getting all the way across the country without Shitty having a clue Jack and Biddy had ever been a question. A question Biddy had asked, apparently. Shitty wants to know everything about how that happened, where, and when. The kitchen? The rink? He should have been the first one they told, all pleased with themselves. And he knows it's gross to be sad for himself, but he's been struggling with the whole graduation and losing everybody thing for months. And he'd thought he'd at least finally put everything on the list that he was going to miss. But now there's this, too. If you can miss something that never happened, and Shitty knows all too well you can, maybe it would have been better to make it to Seattle clueless. It's just the worst, most non-beauty, weak-sauce end to a story. And then nobody lived happily ever after. And every turn of the wheels brings it closer. Shitty is almost relieved when Central Washington turns out to be a series of long stretches of roadwork, the highway condensing again and again to one lane where they crawl along between tractor trailers. It's like the road itself is dragging its feet on delivering them to Seattle. Nobody seems to have anything left to talk about. Shitty realizes he's falling down on his job of court jester, but... Maybe it's okay if this is how it ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. Not in fire or ice, really, either. Just a long, last exhale of the gas tank into exhaust. A few last hours that won't be the ones they remember in pictures later. Maybe Jack and Betty already didn't happen as long ago as Shitty and Lardo, and Shitty is just finally catching up with the trip they've all been taking. He ends up with the last turn behind the wheel, through mountains, then coming down from the mountains into the lights of Seattle. It's evening by then. After dinner at another diner where Betty doesn't even bother to critique the pie, it's probably beautiful in the daylight. Shitty guesses he'll see it if he does end up driving back. The highway is counting down like sand through an hourglass, like a timer on a bomb and then a hotel. Words. Some of them might be goodbye. A long, low bridge across the water. No music. Nobody bothered to plug back in after dinner. Shitty wonders what Betty would pick for this. Seattle proper, going by too fast on either side the very end of Interstate 90, and they did it. They drove the whole way. It doesn't feel like much of a triumph. Shitty holds his breath. He's exiting onto some surface street. And fuck this shit. Shitty's still behind the wheel. He doesn't have to stop driving. Biddy and Lardo are saying something to each other in the back seat, but Shitty ignores it. Jack in the corner of his eye looks thoughtful. Trusting, maybe. Shitty ignores the GPS. He drives at random. Drives into the night. He doesn't know what he's looking for until he sees it. They're back out of the city again now, driving right along the coast. Shitty can't explain why the little pull-out and sign announcing beach access finally seemed like an okay place to stop when nothing else has, until he's killing the engine and then it's obvious. Coast to coast, he says roughly. It doesn't sound like his normal voice at all. It's how we know to stop. Heading ocean. Swassum, Biddy says, opening the back door. The Pacific Ocean. Wow, I can smell it. They follow his lead out of the car down the weathered, half-buried boards that make stairs down to the beach, holding up phones for light. There's a little moonlight, occasional sudden shadows from a car on the road up above. They were the only car in the pullout, and they are the only people on the beach. Shitty can't quite pretend they're Lewis and Clark. There are city lights in the distance, but that's an imperialist narrative anyways. 
Should he figure in 10 or 50 years, this will round down to a story about his bros from college, but right now in the dark, they feel like the three great loves of his life, and he wishes he could be in everyone's head at once. To know what Biddy's smelling in the salty air, what colors Lardo sees out in the water, whether Jack wants to run down the sand or just dig in his toes. Biddy kicks out of his shoes. He takes off his shirt like a girl, crossing his arms at the hem, folds the shirt neatly on top of his shoes, then hooks his thumbs into his waistband and takes everything else off at once, stepping out and folding those too. He doesn't speak a single word of explanation, but he seems to be completely unselfconscious about it. Just calm, calm and assured, a little bit proud, chin high, like flustered Biddy got left behind on the road somewhere. He's gorgeous in the moonlight. It's not like Shitty needs to put his hands all over that, but he could be a sculptor or something. A picture you could hang in Shitty's part of the museum where everyone is beautiful and heroic. Biddy looks at Lardo and smiles. Lardo smiles back, and now she's the one peeling out of her clothes and stepping out of her flip-flops. If Biddy looks regal, Lardo looks divine. Her perfect skin, the wild curls between her legs. Shitty feels completely blown away, and yet somehow, in the reverent, almost sacred hush of that moment, he's not overwhelmed by lust the way he was when Lardo took off her shirt in the campground. For once, even his lizard brain knows to be quiet. Lardo takes Biddy's hand, and they walk down to the water. For a crazy minute, Shitty thinks they might just keep on walking, out onto the surface of the water. They seem that ethereal, but no. Their feet sink in like real feet. Biddy does a little dance, toe-to-toe as they step deeper, and ducks his head a little, holds himself more like Biddy than a fairy tale prince. Jack, next to Shitty, makes a fond little sound. Jack drops his pants before he takes off his shirt, and now he's padding down to the water too. It's weird to think that he looks more human than Lardo and Biddy, but basically, Shitty's been watching him, pinnacle of athletic perfection, around for four years and he's used to it. Lardo and Biddy are up to their knees now. Shitty has a moment when he's not sure if he wants to join them. Maybe it's everyone else's turn to be naked, for once. But then Lardo looks back over his shoulder, and fuck, no way is Shitty sitting this out. He strips as fast as he ever has and trots down to the water. It's about as warm as the Faber ice, but Shitty's feet have been sore since he ran for his life barefoot, so it's kind of nice. He can't help yeeping a little as it gets to the backs of his knees, and for a moment, he's worried he's ruined the magical ritual nudity, or whatever it is they're doing. But it's maybe a good change, because after that, nobody's talking still, but they're all a little giggly, trading glances and little splashes. No big horseplay or touching, just friendly acknowledgement. It's relaxed, like they've left all the drama on the beach with their clothes. Like Shitty was right all along, that it worked like that. They're sweeter each season, he finds himself singing under his breath. It's another dad music song, some band he's never heard of, but here they are, walking on the ocean, where for a little while, everything's better and everything's safe. Notes. ETA, PSA. Never run from a bear. Follow your local ranger's guidelines in the event of an animal encounter. Grin. Hey y'all, this is Zanship. There's chapter four, kind of rapidly coming into the end of this. If you want more after this, I take suggestions, I guess. I'm going to definitely be doing stuff for empirical equipoise, but we'll see what else I can pull in.